Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Screen Strong Families podcast, bringing you the best solutions for parents who are serious about eliminating screen conflicts in their home. This is Melanie Hempy, and if you are new, we are so glad you found us. And to everyone else, welcome back, and I just hope everyone's having a great day out there. We have such a great session today. I can't wait to share our guest, but you know me, and before we get started, I just have to share uh, a little story, (laughs) and I just thought, oh my gosh. I need to tell y'all what we're doing with our kids. And as you know, we had a lot of problems, as I always say, with our oldest. So we learned a lot. And a few years ago, when the kids were, when the younger kids were in middle school, I just got this idea to start making a life skills resume for them. So, you know, you learn after raising four kids that really the important stuff are the things that they need to learn in your house, (laughs) these life skills and these emotional skills. I mean, their schoolwork is okay, totally important. And it's, it's true. You know, you got to learn math. However, I really got this idea after we took the screens out of our house, after we took not all the screens, you know, but the video games and the social media. And so I made this list of what I wanted my boys to be able to do when they left our house. And I showed it to them. I think they were like in third or fourth grade. And I made this huge list and I showed it to them and um, they read it. And then they looked at me and they said, mom, it's going to take us to war 18 to do all this stuff. (laughs) I said, yes, that's the point. Because I think I said, you can't have your video games (laughs) until you do these things. So anyway, I just want to share a few little things about that just to get your creative juices going on this. And so I'm just going to share, like I said, it's a really long list, but I'm just going to share a couple things. And because something happened yesterday that got added to the list. So one of the categories is fixing things, right? So our rule is you have to try to fix it before you throw it away. (laughs) And so these are just things like troubleshooting how to, you know, fix the vacuum cleaner, how to fix the ice maker. In fact, my boys actually just know how to do both of those things. And of course, there's all kinds of stuff with the toilet and with different things that you have to troubleshoot. The next category is like empathy. And what are we doing to teach empathy, right? And our kids. So I started thinking about this. And so the things that I do, as far as like, if I take a meal to a neighbor, I will have them do that. Or a few months ago, there was like a lost dog roaming our neighborhood. And I thought, you know what? We need to put them in charge of that. So I think my point is, is that you're just trying to find things that you are already doing that you need to start turning over to your kids. Um, In fifth grade, they were doing all their laundry. And our goal now is to teach them how to iron a men's dress shirt. (laughs) So we're working on that one. A couple other things. Do my kids know how to really have common sense? You know, I started thinking about that category. You know, can they read and follow directions or do they read the directions before they start trying to fix something? So that's just a common sense thing. Another common sense thing I figured out just a few weeks ago was they need to learn how to use saran wrap in the kitchen <laughs> because that's kind of a hard thing to do. They need to be well read. That's a category that we have, you know, so they can talk intelligently about current issues. I want them to read X amount of books before they graduate. So if you don't have a purpose and if you don't have this written down um, and structure it, it's just not going to happen. And screens do take a lot of the time that you normally would spend doing these things. The final thing here that well, a couple things I just wanted to share before we get into our guest today is communication skills, 
right? So what are you doing to teach communication skills? That is a huge life skill. They can't just answer questions in a conversation. They need to be able to carry a conversation. And have you talked to your kids how to do that? You know, how to ask questions of the person they're in front of, how to make eye contact. Um, even when you go in the grocery store with your little kids, have them go ask the butcher a question about a cut of meat. Have them do something that's sort of out of the ordinary. Okay, this is a good one. I'll end on this one. I have this whole list, so I'm dying to share the whole thing, but I'm just going to end on this one for today. What I learned about social skills and communication skills, right? When my oldest was really struggling with gaming and it was really hard to get him immersed in real life, I became very aware of the social skills that our kids need. And one of the most I guess, powerful social skills that I'm working and teaching my boys now, my younger boys, is the ability when you go to someone's house to play or to hang out, that you go in the house, you go generally to the kitchen because that's generally where the mom is, and you actually go speak to her when you get there and when you leave. Like that's manners. That's, you know, but that's really hard for kids to do. But that's a social skill that you want them to go in and speak to the mom, ask her some questions about her day, you know, thank her for letting you come. And then also when you leave, I make a big deal to say to my kids, now don't forget when you leave, you go find the parents and thank them and then make sure they know that you're leaving now. So anyway, I just wanted to share that. I hope that helps a little bit with your screen strong lifestyle parenting out there. So let's jump in with our guest. Today, we have such a wonderful, fun guest. You're just going to love Arlene Pelicane. She is the author of Screen Kids, and she is a family who is screen strong. And um, we have just adopted her into our, I think I think Arlene's going to be our poster child family or whatever you call it when you're when you're actually trying to show the world what it means to be screen strong. Welcome, Arlene. We're so glad you're here. I'm honored. I get to be a poster child. That's kind yes. of fun. <laughs> Don't you think? You deserve it, I'll right? tell my kids, do you know that mommy is a poster child? Yeah. <laughs> They're the poster family. How about that? Oh, it's be better the when they family. don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't know if people even know what that means anymore. Like oh, you and I know what this means. It's you know, true. But people are like, what, does they, what are they talking that? about? What are they talking about? So that's another life skill I need to add to my list. My kids need to know <laughs> what a poster child is. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. Let's just jump right in. I... I think we met, oh, I know, what, how many years ago? Because I think we met a long time ago, and then we yeah. re-met in 19 when we did some more podcasts. And then, because I remember when your kids were really little. Because now Ethan is Yeah, 17. I have a senior. Yeah, so I have Ethan. We have three kids, boy, girl, girl. And Ethan is a senior, and Noel is a sophomore, and Lucy is yeah. a seventh grader. So now no we are out of all those elementary school years. It's amazing how fast it goes. But we really have from day one, from the time they were really little, my husband, James, knew, like, I do not want my children to be, like, stuck on these devices and staring at, like, gaming their whole life. So from the very beginning, he was, you know, people will think, like, oh, Arlene, you're very strict. Oh, well, you should meet my husband. <laughs> He's even more strict than I am. But so these are things that they kids really have grown up with like okay we we can play video games at someone else's house but we don't really do that at our house and uh, they've gone to public school this whole time we live in San Diego so I always like to tell people we are not like living under a rock you know etc mm-hmm. etc et yeah did you just wake up one day when they were you know in third grade and decided 
we're going to do this? Or was it just something that just sort of morphed or happened? Yeah. We were, I suppose you could say blessed enough because think of it, my kids are now in high school and junior high. And had they been born today, you know, for those of you who have got a two-year-old, three-year-old, four, it's so much more prevalent. And those phones are just knocking at your door. Oh, you know, your poor pressure. kids are five years old and it's like, I should have an iPhone, mommy. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So we did, you know, in that sense, I feel like when they were littler, it wasn't as strange to not have the iPad connected to their bodies, you know, and all that. But we basically from the very beginning thought, you know, we want a certain, um, atmosphere, environment for our home. We want kids mm -hmm. who talk to people. We want kids who read. We want kids yeah. who play. That was very important to us. So it was all about library and books. And we knew from the beginning, you know, we were that family that had the big, huge TV, you know, with, with rabbit ears, with no cable, you know, that was, right. that's, that's us. That's how the kids grew up. So they would watch, you know, a DVD. My son, Ethan loved Thomas the Train. So he could watch, you know, one Thomas the Train a day, that kind of thing. So that was, that was our thing. And we knew that as they were growing up, we knew, okay, video games, we're not going to do that at home. So that was a big thing. Mm -hmm. And then we, my husband's, uh, what he loves to say is when did phones become like a right that, you know, yeah. kids have a right to have a phone. So he always knew you always have to ask, like, what do you need this for child of mine? Mm -hmm. And we really couldn't figure out why an elementary school kid could need a phone. So we've, so we knew from the very beginning, okay, these kids aren't going to have phones. They're not going to play video games. They're going to be limited in what they're allowed to watch. But of course, those are the, the no, no, no's. But where are the yeses? You know, mm -hmm. oh, our kids are going to love reading. Our kids are going to love music. They're going to move and be active. We're going to volunteer for things. So we really want it to be a fun home, you know, not like this home that's like, oh, we're not allowed to do anything, you know. So mm -hmm. I think that's key that when you're making these choices, you're also offering a better alternative that the kids are going to enjoy more. Right. So what you did in the very beginning, because I remember talking to you back, you know, it could have been when Ethan was even in middle school. I yeah. think you were purposeful, first of all. Yeah. Right. I think that's really important that you had a plan. It's because kind of like it wasn't even an option. So when your middle schooler asks you, can I have a phone? You don't even have to think about it. You, right. you say, no, you can't. That's yeah. not part yeah. of the plan. And and if your kids are young and you're able to tell them this, then it's no surprise to them when they turn, you know, 13, that you're right. like, sorry, we're not really right. going to get a social media account because they've known this whole time, oh, when I'm that age, that's not what that means. Exactly. And we did the same thing when the boys were little and we said, we have a game free home now, guys, by the way, we just created this new thing <laughs> that we're not doing. <laughs> and it's, it doesn't, I think a lot of people think that they're going to just beg the whole rest of their life. And mm. it, that's just not what happens because what happens. I mean, every now and then they'll have a moment, especially middle school is hard, of course, but when you make that decision, it's just a very um, clear cut thing. Right. And it's just, easy because yeah. imagine, I mean, just imagine, I'm sure like you, you, your home, you probably didn't have hours and hours and hours and hours of arguments and, you know, conflicts over, can I have a video game? Because you just had a rule, right? We have had honestly, so, you know, 17 year old boy, 15 year old girl, 12 year old girl, zero conflicts on video games. Yeah. Now other things, yeah. you know, on, can I have a phone? Can I, you know, those, but that we have that, but zero 
because they kind of have always known, you know, and, and it's been interesting because when, if they go to a friend's house or let's, let's say we go to Costco or the, you know, Apple store, they just sit there and play video games. And that's great. Like, I love yeah. that. Go play on these little phones yeah. and have a great time, yeah. you know, yeah. but it's, it's not in the vocabulary. And, and I think it's really great. My daughter, Lucy, who's the youngest, when she was in sixth grade, she would say to me, mom, these boys in my class, even though they're not playing video games, it's always with them. Like they're always talking about the video game, like talking about how they're going to do better and they're distracting in class and they don't listen and they're a problem. And they're always thinking about the game mom. Like, so she even saw like at a young age, she was yeah. realizing, wow, this game thing is super, you know, like it kind of takes over. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think they saw for themselves, like, I don't want to be that consumed by something. Well, and what you were just describing is what we call the virtual bubble. A lot of people think that when you don't allow video games or you don't allow social media, that you're in a bubble and it's just the opposite. It's the complete opposite. And the kids who are playing and no offense to people out here listening, listen, I made every mistake in this whole screen area. Um, So I'm free to say that I am not judging people at all. But when you understand that it's more like those kids Mm. are in a bubble, what you want to do is get your kids out of that bubble because that bubble is very limiting. It just doesn't have what the real world has. And so, you know, to tell your kids that even, um, to give them some of those words in their head to think, you know what, we're not, uh, behind a rock and, and, you know, under a rock and we're not, um, living in this weird place. We we're living in the real world, which is like all this life resume stuff that I'm having so much fun with putting together with my kids. I just have this goal that I want them to be able to do things. And, Honestly, we're the same way as far as when they were little. If we went to Costco or to the dentist and they wanted to run over to the iPad and play a game, I could care less. We are not legalistic about it. It's just not part of our life. Like I don't want them to grow up thinking that video games or social media was like a big part of their childhood. But um, I'm sure mine, like your kids, I'm sure your kids know all about all the games and all about all the social media because they hear their friends talk about it all the time. So let's talk about this movie. I just absolutely love the movie that you did. The What is it? 30 minutes, I think it is. This is just, it, it's just so amazing. The title is In Their Own Words. First of all, what made you do this? This is so fabulous. Like this is, I've been wanting to do this with my kids for 10 years and you know, I don't have the background like you do, but anyway, you did a great job. So what, what happened? Did somebody ask you to do this? No, yeah, it's, I paid them to do it and I really did. (laughs) I may even disclose to you how much I paid them. But Screen Kids, in their own words, it's the year of COVID. You know, we're all home. They're doing online school. And I thought, my goodness, as these kids are here all year long, I should really take advantage of this. So over Labor Day weekend, we flew my niece in, who is a graduate of Liberty University of their film school. So we flew her in for the weekend and said, could we just spend two power days of interviewing these kids, of interviewing James and I, and just talking about, you know, what's it like to grow up without social media? Are you left out because you don't play video games? What do you think about your crazy, these crazy rules that your parents give you? So that is true. Like what you said, I wanted to do while they were still young because I felt like, oh, when they're like 20 and 30, 
people will say, well, that's nice. But when they look, you know, 12, 14, yes. 16, whatever, then it's like, oh my goodness, these kids really don't have social media. So mm. I was so pleased that basically I told them, hey guys, would you be willing to do this? I think I, I think I probably paid them $25 each. It wasn't like yeah. a crazy sure. amount of money, sure. but they were like, okay, we'll do it. And what's funny <laughs> is, you know, God is so good that he just knows the right timing. I feel like yeah. if I did it now, that they'd be like, no, I don't want to do that. Mom. You know, like I you don't caught have the time. Them right in the I'm middle. a little older. Exactly. I caught them in this COVID sweet spot of oh. like, yeah, we're not doing anything else. Sure. We'll talk for your video for 25 bucks. So yeah. it was yeah. terrific. And just to get their own words. And I was really, you know, I learned because many times we're not asking these kinds of questions to our kids. And so yeah. for myself, when I heard my son, you know, who w then was a junior when we recorded it, now he's a senior to hear him say, yeah, you know what? There are people that won't be your friends because you don't game. You know, mm -hmm. so I've lost out on friendships because mm -hmm. I don't game and I don't know what they're talking about and I'm really bad at gaming. But really, it, that's not the friend I want to have, the kind of friend that would require you to know a certain technology or certain game. He's like, there's plenty of other people out there who will be your friend. They have all that technology. They play those games, but they're happy to be your friend. And he said, those are the people that I would want to gravitate towards anyway. So anyway. sometimes I think as parents, our big stumbling block, I think for me is, oh my goodness, my child's going to be left out. Like their friends are going to do things and they're not going to get to do them. And are they going to be like, you know, just sitting on the sidelines and just to realize, you know, it's kind of sifts the relationships that your kids have mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. that you're going to get a higher quality friendship. If it's someone who doesn't require, oh, you're not on Instagram. Oh, you're not on Snap. Oh, you're not playing this game. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not necessarily the kind of friend that's going to be a healthy friend for your child. So in one way, I think this thing we think is a curse, it could be a blessing to mm -hmm. really wade through the quality of people that your child is going to grow up with because that peer influence is so important. It is the most important thing whoever has influenced your kid is the most important thing in childhood. And it should be parents. Parents should always have a greater influence in their peers. And of course, we know that when they're on screens, quickly that changes and peers become way more influential. I love what you just said, because I know in the, in the little movie that Ethan talks about that and he says it so delicately and so not like he's not being like, oh, I don't want to be friends with people who are gamers. He doesn't yeah. say it like that. Right. He says it in a really nice way that he says, you know, I really gravitate more toward people who, you know, that's not their number one thing anyway. And I, and I know exactly what he's saying. And that's what I try to say through Screen Strong too. I just try to tell parents, look, it's it's going to be fine because yeah. the people that your kids will get attracted to and the groups they will get in are going to be the groups that you want them in. You know, um, most of the time we know that kids who are addicted to games or who are dependent, I will say on games, they're not as involved in other extracurricular activities. So naturally you're just going to get more of a balance. And I love in the very beginning, you made a, a point, you said something like an activity about their identity and what will shape them during these critical years, you know, cause they're trying to figure out yeah. where they belong and where they fit in. And if you introduce gaming and social media during that time, their identity becomes that instead of yes. who they really want to be.
and you just think of what are those loud voices, you know, are they really going to be playing something so, you know, healthy, or are they really on social media going to be hearing things like, oh, you know, you are a beloved child of God, go serve someone mm-hmm. else. You know, that's not, that's mm-hmm. not what they're learning. No. And, and so really seeing what are the influences, what's shaping what my child believes about the world, about their place in the world. And do I really want these, you know, angry, divisive voices like in their head all the time? I don't, you know, you don't want that. I remember just recently on in the wall street journal, there was a uh, editorial that was just basically like, if you want a calmer life, then don't watch politics and get off social media. (laughs) Like it was those two things. And I just think for our kids, you know, they don't need all that stress coming into their bodies and their souls and their minds. So that is a huge reason of why we said, you know, no social media for, for the kids because yes. So, so what, here's, here's what we do. Cause I, cause I know people will wonder about this. So my daughter, Noelle, let's take her for an example. She's a sophomore. She really loves like Maseratis, like she loves Ferraris, My beautiful goodness. cars, right? How did she that has, happen? She has good taste. Yeah. So she loves these cars. She loves this thing called cardistry, which is uh, kind of like in it. It's not magic. It's not that it's like flourishes with cards. It's like a whole thing that you do beautiful things with cards. So she will follow all these cardists and all these car people on my Instagram account mm-hmm. on my social mm-hmm. media account. So it's kind of funny. So the hit on me is, oh, whenever I go to my social media, I find out about cards and yeah. cards, which oh, is kind funny. of funny. But yeah. I'm happy to do that because then she can scroll through there for 10 minutes yeah. and be done with it and set it down. And I kind of know what she's doing and that's what she would want to use it for. So it's kind of like, okay, if you had this, what would you like to use it for? You know, she's a sophomore in high school and we talk about, it. okay, well, why don't you follow those people on my phone and you can take a look at that. So those are some kind of workarounds that that right. we've done for her to feel like. So so it's not like like what you're saying. Some people are afraid that, oh, if they don't have it, they're going to just go nuts and go crazy when they leave your home. But it's like they see it. You know, it's it's like we're not afraid. Like, look at it. But let's be responsible. Let's be smarter than the programmers. And let's not fall down this rabbit hole of bottomless scrolling. Let's put a limit of 10 minutes on this and then let it you know, notify us so that we can just kind of catch up on what we want to look at and then walk away from it. And so I think it's important to teach your kids and and when you're doing things to show them so they don't, they don't think, oh, you're a hypocrite. You tell us not to be on, but you're on your phone all the time for mm-hmm. us to be a mindful of that. Like if we're working, let's make sure we're really working <laughs> and then put that thing down <laughs> like a hot potato. Yeah. Um, but, and then explain it to them and then let, that let that awareness that our kids are watching us like clean up our act of of being more intentional when we're on our devices. Well, I think that really touches on um, one of the myths, you know, there are many out there when we talk about this, this topic, but one of the myths is what you just said. They're going to binge and go crazy when they leave because they, they won't know anything about it. And what you and I both are saying and what we both support is that you demystify it. It's not that it's this weird thing that you never allowed in your house. Of course, that's not what we're talking about. Like I said, if they want to play a video game at the daughter's office or when we are out, whatever, I don't care. It's not that itself. That's not what is the, the villain. The villain is the um, rewards they get from it. It's that dopamine addiction reward pathway, yeah. actually. That's kind of the villain here. So your daughter is not going to get addicted to looking at something on Instagram that is on your phone uh, on a certain hobby that she has. If she does that 10 minutes here and there, um, if it's structured like that, 
It is when they own it themselves, when it yeah. becomes part of their 24 seven way they do life. And when it becomes part of their identity, that's when you get the problems with it. I love that you can articulate that. And you know what is interesting? It's a really easy decision. Like it seems so, you know, how do we do the screen thing? <laughs> but if you will just, you know, push back that phone that they don't, it's the personal devices. Once that device yes. becomes their personal iPad, yes. their personal phone, they're the ones that have the rights to it. They can bring it into their room when they want. They can turn it on when they want. They can turn it off when they want. Mm -hmm. When it becomes theirs, that's when you inherit the lion's share of problems, I think. And so that's just the one thing that we've said of you know, you're not going to have a, we're going to have tons of technology. You can walk over to the desktop. You can pick yeah. up the laptop. You can pick up the iPad you got from school. Like, it's not like there aren't devices in this house, sure. but sure. none of them are your personal device. You do not have a personal phone. You do not have a personal iPad. And just that, and it is a decision. So just that decision has made a world of difference. And, you know, for us, it was quote unquote easy because my husband and I agreed on that decision. And I know for many, it's hard because you don't agree or grandma and grandpa don't agree, or you don't agree. So so just like anything else, yeah, Dr. Gary Chapman, who co-wrote Screen Kids, you know, so wise and just talks about, you know, this is a problem just like any other problem in marriage. You know, how much money should we spend? Should we go to private school? Should we go to public school? Where should we vacation? Like everything, you know, you have different opinions. And so this technology, it's the same. You might think A and your spouse might think B. And so he talks about how either, you know, one of you is going to say, you know what? You're right. I'm going over to your side. You know, so one of you is going to switch sides mm -hmm. after seeing some evidence. One of you is going to switch sides or you're going to meet in the middle and just say, OK, you know, let's compromise on this. And I right. know it's it's not a perfect answer. It's not a perfect world, you know, but but just treat it and realize, talk yourself off the ledge and realize that, OK, the conflict we're having, you know, we're two people, you know, we're going to have conflict. Yeah. So what can we do to get as close as possible to consensus that will benefit our child. So if you just keep thinking like, what's going to benefit our child? What's going to benefit our child? If that is the North Star and then yeah. coming to that decision and, and that's tough. You know, a lot of uh, listeners, you know, you're from a blended home and you might be like super good and strict, but then they go to the other person's house and it's like, what? That's unlimited. And that, there is no doubt that is so, so, so hard. Oh, and the, the best thing I can say is to be strong and just keeping doing that at your house and and thinking that in the future when your child grows up to adulthood, they'll remember, you know, that parent really did try. <laughs> that parent really yes. did try to raise yeah. me in a way to equip me for life. Like they really did try. And so I know it's not perfect and that's hard. But as yeah. I think that's one of the best things you can do is just to say, oh, I want this phone. Nope. Sorry. Oh, I want this phone. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> I think that's yeah. like the best thing you can do just year after year after year, pushing that back. And then just thinking, so my daughter, Noelle, again, sophomore, she said to me the other day, she's on the tennis team at school. And she said, you know, mom, I really would like to have a phone because I think I do miss out on the girls like texting each other and like talking to each other that way. I think I kind of miss out on that. So mm -hmm. I said, okay, Noelle, if you 
what would you want the phone for? Like we're kind of talking about it. And it seemed like the key was the texting. Like I'd like to text these girls. Mm -hmm. So, okay, well, let's try this. So this is kind of a trial. So I'm showing you like in real life what we're doing. So, so we got a Google voice number, which allows her then to text from her, you know, from the school iPad and the computer, et cetera. So we're trying that. So that's Mm -hmm. what we're doing right now. So she has Mm -hmm. a free Google voice number. This way she's not on my phone. So she does use my phone to text her friends, but I think she wanted, you know, her own place to do that. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're trying. And yeah. so we'll kind of see in a couple of months, did that do the trick? Like, are you, do you feel like you're connecting? And I think sometimes our kids think, oh, if I get this phone, it'll X, Y, Z. But then I think sometimes at the end, the X, Y, Z, it's like, oh, it really, <laughs> it really didn't do it, it didn't that really much. do that, but it like it wasn't that things. exponentially different than me talking to them, you know, in Yeah, we get classes. this idea in our head and they do too. And most of the reasons why middle school and high school kids really want phones, it's um, it has nothing to do with what you and I think they really want the phone for. Yeah. It's it's almost like uh, I, I had a family who had a, I think she was in sixth grade, daughter and they literally just gave her like a phone, a dead phone with a case. Like, and the girl just, she didn't even want to, she just wanted to carry it around. Like she didn't even care if it even worked. Like it was a dead phone. I'm like, just to put it in her pocket. It's like an object that you're trying to look like everybody else. And that's what, you know, you talked about the identity issue, but I think let's just go back one second. You really touched on the issue that a lot of parents have. And I know a lot of people listening are um, also thinking, okay, we're in a blended family. My, my, my ex spouse doesn't agree with any of this. And what you have to do is remove all the emotion from it. You, Mm -hmm. you, you have to not make it a win lose situation between the houses. You have to take all the emotion out. You have to come to grips with your, your value, your shared values. Now you probably have different values and that's okay, but figure out the few things that you share as far as values with your kids and see as adults, if you can, I know some situations are more volatile than others, but if you can sit down and say, what are the three most important things for you, for our children? And these are the ones that I think are the most important and not have it be about the phone, but have it be about values. And then when you can agree on values, you, you know, then the phone thing kind of it, it kind of help. It, it kind of goes away because the yeah. spending, you know, eight hours a day on social media typically is not a value that is going to fall under any of the main categories of values. You know, and it really comes to intention, doesn't it? So as a parent, thinking like I actually have a goal and a purpose, and it's not just that you sit here quietly. I'm, you right. know, and and I'm I have to tread easily here because it's I'm not trying to sound judgmental, but it's no. that idea that the screens can be so they're so great at at just keeping your children occupied, so that way. Yeah. You know, you don't have to spend the time or the effort, et cetera, et cetera. But for us just to realize, you know, we have these older kids and it's like, these kids are going to go away and <laughs> like you will, they will, you have 18 summers with these kids yeah. and to really realize I, I want to treasure this time. I want to cherish this time. I don't want them just to be occupied. No. And that's, that's a value. Then you discuss with your spouse or your yeah. ex-spouse and you say, you know, time together is a value, Right. Yeah. Time with you, time with me, right? That's a value. Um, time being creative. That's yes. one of our big values. Um, we have a whole list of things, but if you can just agree on a few and then you say to that person, you know, you just say, how does a phone fit into this or how doesn't it? And again, yep. we can't in two minutes solve all those problems. Yes. But the other tip that I would say for that 
is have the phone and game discussion super early before it's even a, a thing yes. yet. And if, as again, with an ex spouse situation, if you can make some decisions and that's making decisions based completely removed from the emotion of the middle school child begging, because if you don't get that figured out as you did, you know, Arlene, you figured yeah. it out before. So when middle school hit, you yep. knew your answer and you yes. had already made the answer. You know, you'd already gotten it all clear in your head before, right? All those emotions Yes. And so happened. if you're listening to this and you have an elementary school child or younger, this is awesome. You can, yeah. you can make these decisions and do not budge. Even <laughs> if your kid, you know, my, my friends will say, you know, my kid will say, I'm the only one. And, and, and we'll know that none of us have phones and we're like, you're not the only one. <laughs> like yeah. There's other yeah. people out there. <laughs> I know. Hey, now you know two other families. That's Mountain right. family and Arlene's family. That's so if right. you're listening, you get to say, oh, no, I know all these other I'm families. I'm not the only one. There. I'm not the only one out there. No, that's really true. I think deciding early, deciding before the emotions kick in with your kids, because you're going to lose your footing if you don't yeah. decide early. So what I want to do, I have just a few notes from the the movie that you did. I just want to read some of these quotes because I just want everybody out there to go listen to this. And this is something that your kids can listen to and watch. This is like across the board. It's for everybody. So um, Ethan, your son at one point said, it is totally a myth that you have to have a phone in order to do well in school. I do pretty decent, which I'm sure he does because <laughs> just watching him talk and how he's so <laughs> articulate and everything he says. And then the truth is there are certain situations where you have a phone, it's helpful, but there's always going to be a friend with a phone and you can always write things down. The phone makes things easier, but none of the things you need to have a phone to do. So what he's saying is just like what my kids say, mm -hmm. it's not necessary. Mm -hmm. They, they get it now. Like, because they're about the same age as yeah. Ethan. My boys are 17 and they get that you don't. So if somebody's telling you that you have to have a phone for school, you don't. Yeah. Um, now, can it make a couple things easier? Sure. I have an app on my phone that I'm getting ready to get rid of. I'm actually doing a, a spring cleaning. I call it a screen cleaning on my phone. <laughs> and I'm writing something about this. And I looked at my phone the other day. I have an app on there, Arlene, that is going to tell me when my refrigerator stops working. I'm like, why is this necessary? I Please let me take this one off. Like, you know, you get all oh, these things so on funny. your phone, right? So there's, yeah, is that funny and convenient and cool? Well, whatever. But, you know, do we need to know that? Right. I, I think we you don't. You tell when the milk starts going bad. It's like, oh yeah, something's wrong with the refrigerator. Well, my last refrigerator is 30 years old. It's still running out in my garage. So I'm really not concerned. Um, so I love it when he said that. Oh, he talks about how social media is such a waste of time. I'm so glad he said that. So guys, listen, if you've got kids who you're trying to get this message to, they have to listen to what um, Ethan says about this. He says, because they're wasting so much of their time, they're just wasting a lot of time on something that doesn't add a lot of value, but that they can't get out of. I love the way he said that because it's not adding value, but they're getting stuck. And that's yeah. basically what he's saying. He said there's a lot more to be said against social media than there is, um, you know, to support it, basically. Yeah. He said, the garage is my happy place. Oh, I love him. This is <laughs> like, I want him to move into my house, right? 
I love when he said that. That is such if you have a, a like, big tool bench. He'll come. <laughs> well, and and it's like I mean I, I'm just saying that is such a screen strong thing thing to say. You know, mm-hmm. like because people ask me. How do you get Evan to fold the clothes? I'm like, he loves it. He puts his music on. It's blaring in his bedroom. He dumps like five loads on his bed. And he's like, mom, leave me alone. I'm in my happy place. He calls it his happy place. Oh my gosh. I'm like, how did this happen? Well, this is happening because he's been folding clothes since fifth grade. So, um, and Ethan's probably been in the garage tinkering for a long time. And then the last thing that he says, the beauty of reading is that you can take in all the knowledge that someone else has spent years getting, and you can take in that within a span of a few weeks, right? So reading is really a great way to learn a new skill, to learn more about the world. Um, he says a lot, a lot of people are missing out on this. They don't have the business skills, and a lot of these skills come from reading. I love that. I love that he articulated that. Isn't that amazing? This yeah. is what will amaze you if you will just limit the screens in your kid's life, you'll be amazed. They're like, wow, how'd you come up with that idea? It's like they have time to think <laughs> and process and when they're tinkering. Yeah. And truly, I I love reading, but I had never thought to articulate it that way that, you know, here's someone who has spent years and years researching this particular topic. They distill it into a book and you just get to read it. Like, how amazing yeah. is that? Like, how awesome. That really stuck in my head. Yeah, like that I too. love that. Yeah. yeah. So when you, when you watch him talk, you know, it's kind of fun because then you'll really believe that we're that we're saying is really true they really are direct quotes um but that screen kids film i'm i'm just so glad that we were able to shoot that so that we could we could see and you know the kids grow up so fast my daughter lucy is now in seventh grade which is middle school here and she was in sixth grade then and even the year um it's like her voice is so much higher and she's more expressive this way so it's so funny that it's like oh my goodness they change so fast but what doesn't change you know, is who they're becoming. And even there, even though now she's in middle school, I think she's even more resolute, like mom, she'll say, mom, more people need your book, because all they're doing is like playing games and and doing stuff, mom, you gotta, you gotta help them. And and I really, I hesitate saying that to sound like, oh, you know, pat my own back. But it's this idea that if we can get more kids to grow up with their eyes wide open, looking at the world in a book, in someone's life, being interested versus looking down all the time. And it's all about me, 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 me. And I tell you what, that is, that is not a way to live. That is, you know, giving is living when you're giving to other people, that's how you live. And so if you're raising your kids to be looking up, they're going to be happier kids. They are. So don't be afraid that you're doing them a disservice by saying no to certain digital things because in so doing, you're saying yes to the better stuff. Right. And it's just so much easier than you think. And that's, Well, I think you and I have kind of learned that secret that it's so much easier. And we do have to build a community for people to kind of hitch their wagon to because it's really hard to go against the culture. And that's what we're just trying to do. That's what Arlene, that's what you're doing. That's what I'm doing. We're trying to build this community and we're joining some of our efforts together to do this. Um, Let me just read what Nicole said. This is really fun. One of the things that she said was about social media. And she's saying, you know, some technology is good, like being able to talk with a family member that's on the other side of the globe. That's really cool, right? That's social media is really cool for that. It could be used for good, but most of the time you're not looking at what your grandmother is doing. (laughs) You're not looking for five hours, you know, at your family and staying in touch with them. Right. She says you could be, but it's very unlikely. So I thought it was so She's a realist. (laughs) 
Yeah. And then she says, doing this. she says, video games are another great way to waste time. I'm like, oh, she figured that out early. And then she said that one of her friends actually came up. She says, came up to me and said that she thought I was really lucky not to have a phone. I love that she said that because yeah. my kids have had the same response from their friends. We even have one friend in the neighborhood that um, told his mom that he wanted a phone like Andrew and Evan had, because we have a gab phone. It's just talk text. You know, right. we just have the talk text phone and it's just the text. I think secretly they really want their life to be more simple. Yes. And Arlene, quite frankly, there are plenty of days that I wish somebody would take my phone away yeah. from me. <laughs> Give me a break. I remember we had a workshop, oh, a couple of years ago and um, mom was working through, she had to take her middle school son's phone away because he had done something on it. And she said, we took it away for a month. And she then came to my workshop. And the next time we met, because we were meeting weekly at that time, she came back and she said, Melanie, he, he told me that he wanted me to keep it for another month. He wanted me to tell everybody he was being punished again. I'll never forget that. I know. I'm like, well, whatever it takes, mom. You know, Hello, you... he's being punished the entire year. And yes. the kid's like, yes, yes, say that, mom. Say that. Mom. I know. The kids love to be able to say, hey, this is my mom. And they get to still kind of yes. act cool. I'm like, their mom's not cool, whatever. I, I hope nobody ever calls me a cool mom. I really don't ever want to be one of a cool mom. <laughs> right. But, I love that. Um, yeah, that meant a lot to Noelle when someone said that to her. She was like, wow, I, I think that was very mature of them to acknowledge that, to realize it. And she's like, no one's ever said that to me before. So she really, she, yeah, I thought that was kind of a good, a good pat on the back for her. Oh, that's wonderful. And the whole thing is just really great. When y'all listen to it, when you watch this, this film, you're going to be so uplifted and you will just get so much encouragement. It's so, you know what? I think I'm, I need to probably watch it once a week, you know, just to be sure that I'm staying encouraged. But as we start to wrap up, because our time is just flying by, I wanted to ask you two different things. One thing is, what do you think the biggest obstacle is for families today with saying no? Because we have a very bold message. You and I, we have a very bold message. We're not saying we're going to try to let you have it and then work our way backwards, right? So what is the biggest obstacle? What do you think that you've seen from all of your work with parents and talking to people? What is the hardest thing for parents? I'm going to kind of lean on two things. One is the weakness of us as parents to do something wildly unpopular. You know, mm -hmm. just that, that part in us that's like, well, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm being too strong. Like that part of us that's mm -hmm. questioning... Maybe I'm being too, you know, radical on one side. Maybe this isn't the best way. I, I'm not really sure. So, so we're questioning ourselves. So I think one of the biggest obstacles is that lack of leadership, that lack of decision of, you know what, everybody, the group might be going that way, but we are going this way. And just that stubbornness of yeah. saying, wait a minute, the research tells me, my own experience tells me, what I see in other family tells me. 
that being screen strong is a good idea. Like mm-hmm. I have the evidence. I know this in my mind. So I think we're too, this, this ties into to what I want to say is we're too feeling. Like we say, mm-hmm. how do we feel about that as a culture that we're all about feelings? How do we feel about that? Well, we want our kids to feel good. So we want to give them these devices because it helps them to feel good. We don't want them to feel bad, which is how they will feel when we tell them they can't have this phone or this video game, whatever. <laughs> so we're feeling instead of you know, what do I think about this? Yeah. What do I think about what's happening in their brain? What do I think about the results that I see of anxiety and depression? What do I think about this teenager who can't really seem to look up or even like have a decent job interview? <laughs> what do I think yeah. about these things? Yeah. So then when you think about it, it becomes very clear like, yes. oh, if I take out this element, my outlook, my child's outlook like really brightens. And, yeah. and once I can think that through, so I think it's a leadership issue of us being hesitant to lead. Mm-hmm. And then I think we are leaning too much on our feelings of yeah. how will this make my child feel? Those are really, yeah, you Instead nailed it. Of, of, yeah. you know, what do I think? And even asking your child, well, what do you think about the effects of social media? What do you think about the time that you're spending on this video game? What do you think are other ways you might spend your time that might be even more rewarding for you? You know, so just shifting it away from our feelings and and really making a logical decision. And one way that we have figured out to do that, that's so great that you said that. I, I just love the points that you just made because we figured out, with Screen Strong a number of years ago, that if we can help parents take on a mentality that they are the coach mm-hmm. instead of like the parent, even though of course they're the parent, but if you, yeah. it works so well. So if you just imagine that you have a team and they're sitting in the locker room and it's yeah. halftime and you're losing the game, what are you going to do? You're going to, you're going to uh, absolutely give them the deal. You're not going to say, well, how's everybody feeling? And, you know, I just want to be sure you feel good. And at practice, you know, you don't have to come because, you know, I know you're really discouraged right now. I mean, you're going to get back to your practice. You're going to be rolling out a whole new game plan and you're going to put your feelings aside because if you just focus on your feelings, then you're not going to have a job because, we can't have coaches that are just worried about feelings. Now that doesn't yeah. mean that you're not loving. Right. Everybody knows how empathetic we is. want to be these things. Yeah. Yes. Coaches are really loving, but they're also very strict and yeah. they cannot operate off feelings. They have to operate off the facts of what's going to make a good athlete, what's going to make you get to your potential, you know? So I love, I love that. That is exactly um, what we really believe too. You got to take that emotion out of it. And that's why we have the Screen Strong Families Facebook group. You can get in there and you can share all your feelings all day long. And then we're going to help you be equipped and we're going to walk alongside and say, okay, we're going to say, you got to be tough. And this is what you got to do when you, you know, hang up your Facebook here. So you have to have a community. It doesn't mean that you don't still have these fears and feelings, but you share them with people who are like-minded and who are going to help you. You don't share them with your kids. Um, Not when it comes to this, oh, honey, I'm really worried. I'm thinking you're going to not like me if I take your phone away. Not a good idea. (laughs) Not a good idea. You can share that with us. Right here as we wrap up, two more things. I said two, but now I really have two. So (laughs) what are are three practical tips? I'm putting you way on the spot here. Um, What are three practical tips raising kids the screen strong way without video games and social media. And when I mean practical, I mean like in your home, 
what are like three or two or whatever, you don't have to say three, what are some important things you did in your home? Um, I know for me, I'll give you an example of what I'm asking you. For me, I decided that I wasn't making, you know, big elaborate dinners every night. We simplified our meal prep (laughs) and that just was a practical thing that really helped me be more involved in getting them to the places they need to be, to their piano lessons you know, I just spent more time with my kids after school instead of spending all my time in the kitchen. So that was a real practical thing. What can you think of? Oh, and the basketball hoop over the door in the bedroom was, I think, the number one thing that that we desperately needed. But what are some practical things like that? that Yeah. So we've already talked about like the not giving of the device. And then I would think the practical idea I want to give is filling the space with positive things. So having rhythms so that it's not just like it happened once. So for instance, um, every Sunday afternoon, this is my husband's passion. We play ultimate Frisbee in the park and ultimate Frisbee is like, think of it like soccer, but you're throwing a Frisbee around lots of running. You throw the Frisbee, you're trying to make a goal, et cetera, et cetera. So every Sunday for the past year, every mm-hmm. single Sunday, yeah. the five of us go play ultimate Frisbee Aww. and we invite other people. So there's typically, you know, maybe 14 people playing oh ends goodness. up every, every Sunday. Aww. And so this is like something that we do. It's something. So if you can combine like fun and sports and I am totally not athletic so I'm not good like everyone else has gotten really good I'm just kind of like decent but they all like oh you're the only mom that plays so that's cute that's me you know (laughs) so it's fine you don't have to be good at it but think of something that you can do with your children so not sometimes we're watching them we're watching them play soccer we're watching that's fine but Mm -hmm. think of something you can do with them it could be chess it could be volunteering it could be you know it doesn't have to be athletic but just a regular routine activity that you do together whether it's once a week whether it's once a month but it's something really anchored that is in the calendar that that obviously doesn't involve a screen because what I found it's easier when it's like, oh, well, from this time to this time, we're doing this. And then this time to this time, we're doing this. And then, oh yeah, if in your leftover time, you want to look at movie trailers on YouTube, which is what my kids do, you know, that's okay. You can do that. But there's been all the good stuff has been put in. So think of a regular thing that is an activity that you Mm -hmm. all enjoy that does not involve screens. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, when you do sit down for the meals, no TV on in the background, you can have music if you want, but that's it you know, phones off the table and, and it's for the mom and dad too. And also at restaurants. So this mm-hmm. is huge, right? Because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. people would think my word, that's how, when I need the phone and I need the tablet and I need the thing is for restaurants with your little kids and also with your teenagers, you know, maybe it's more of a problem for teenagers now than it is for little kids, but to say, Hey, you know what, from now on, when we go out to eat, so every mealtime, when we go out to eat, we're going to not have our screens at the table. Mm-hmm. So whether your kids are, you know, so this is something we have done and I think it's a really good rhythm. So if it's your teenagers, then it's training them like, okay, the next time we're out to eat, you know, your phone's going to be in my purse. So I'm mm-hmm. just giving you warning now. And if you can survive that happily, then you can pick the dessert, <laughs> you know, so like kind of, <laughs> kind of work with them. Yeah. And the same thing with your toddlers and your littles to say, Hey, we're going to be looking at books. We're going to be coloring. Cause the idea is if you can't survive a meal without you're a little electronic binky, like that's going to be a problem for you as you're an adult. We want to train you, to help you, to look at people, to ask questions, to be empathetic, to laugh. Like these things can't be done when you guys are gaming or if I'm the one looking at my phone. So really enforce that screen-free mealtime to connect 
even in a restaurant. So mm-hmm. those would be my tips. I love the routine thing that we need these routines and our kids desperately need routines and routines turn into traditions. And those traditions are the things that really keep them attached to your family, which is what you want. You know, I used to think, oh no, our job is to detach them from our family when they can launch. And that is not true at all. Our job is to keep them attached in all these memories and think of the fun memories that you're building um, with your kids right now, you yeah. know, they're not going to turn around and say one day, Oh, remember all that time I played Fortnite? That was so fun. You know, they're never right. going to say that. So yes. you're building that the memory. And I believe your husband, uh, when we were on the webinar with him, and by the way, we did a wonderful webinar with both of y'all. And so if you're listening, please go back even on the podcast channel, you can find that. I think he made a really good statement to say that the activities with the kids should involve what, how do you word it? Moving or movement or exercise. Sweat. That's sweat. what he said. Sweat. That's what he said. Sweat. He <laughs> believes in sweat. Yes. Sweat yes. equity. He calls it. Sweat. Yes. What a great thing. If you're not yeah. sweating, then you probably need to put down what you're doing and go sweat. Right. right? <laughs> it bonds you. I love you it. endured the run together or whatever it is that yes. you're doing. Yes. Yeah. I think every, every, you know, mom and dad out there should be sweating with their kids somehow. Yeah. You know, I think that would solve a lot of our problems. Okay. Our final thing that we're going to put you on the hot seat here for is, can you share, just share your final words of encouragement to any parent that's listening that is, you know, listening to both of us talk. And, and I will say, Arlene, back when my, my oldest was struggling with this, I don't know what I would have thought if I'd listened to this podcast because I was so discouraged. And I mean, I even get really teary eyed now, even thinking about it. Um, And I don't want people to be discouraged. I want them to be encouraged. I want them to understand that you're not crazy, (laughs) that your gut feelings that you're having are there for a reason. And so what can you leave them with Mm. that family that is in a really bad place? Yeah. I just want to leave you with that it might be hard to believe, but this is a great time for you to be alive. And this is a great time for you and your kids. And sometimes we think, oh, this is such an awful time because of the technology. And yes, that is true. But this is the time we've been given. This is the gift we have of living today. We can't change it. We can't go back to 50 years from, you know, go. We can't, we can't do these things. So this is what we have and to really cherish it. And, and to really enjoy it. You know, I've just read Mitch Albom's book. He's the author of Tuesdays with Maury and his book, Finding Chica, and about how he and his wife uh, could, could not have children. And then they adopted this little girl from Haiti and they had her for two years. They, they knew they, she had a brain mass when they took her and they had, they were told they only had four months, but they had 23 months with her and how those 23 months just changed his life. And for us, if we can have that perspective of these children are a gift and whatever problem, whatever challenge that we're facing, we can do this. Like we can make changes. We can show love to these kids. We can, we are more powerful Mm -hmm. than Fortnite. Like we have more of a draw. You might not feel it. Mm -hmm. You might not see it, you know, because obviously they're not sitting in your room. They're sitting with their device, but you can, you can chart a way through you can. And so just to really have that feeling of, I cherish these children. I love these children. And even if they don't respond to you and the changes that you're making, you know, in a lovely way, which, you know, they won't, but for you to realize in time, they will. And for you to hang on to that and just have faith that your efforts will not 
go without fruit. Like they might not show fruit today, but they will show fruit tomorrow. So your efforts will not go without some kind of impact, a positive impact on your child's life. And just to add to that, to continue to surround yourself with people that can help you and that can walk alongside you in the struggle. I just want to thank you so much. This has just been fabulous, Arlene. This has been so fun to hear from you. Thank you so much for sharing your family with us through this movie. As we sign off, explain how people can get to your website. Yeah. Thank you, Melanie. I'm so grateful for you and the Screen Strong community. You guys are doing awesome and and, and being together is so important and I've enjoyed this. And you can go to happyhomeuniversity.com, happyhomeuniversity.com, and you'll find a link for the Screen Kids in their own words film there. Thank you so much hope that everyone enjoyed listening today. Please share this podcast with a friend. And if you enjoyed our content, consider becoming a podcast sponsor for us. You can contact us at team at screenstrong.com for more information about that. We depend on donations from our community and you can go to our website to learn more about that as well. We do have a new version of the Screen Strong Challenge coming up. It's a 30-day challenge that will be available to our members. If you want to be a member, please go to the website for that. We have so many wonderful things that we include in the portal. So remember, we've got your back and we are here to help you. So until next time, stand up for your kids, stand out from the crowd and stay strong. 